Hello, today is Sunday, April the 18th, 2021. It is the second Sunday after Easter, and I would invite you now to pray with me the collect appointed for today. Almighty God, who has given thine only Son to be unto us both a sacrifice for sin and also an ensample of godly life, give us grace that we may always most thankfully receive that his inestimable benefit, and also daily endeavor ourselves to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life, through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. On the collect for today, we acknowledge uh, two roles that Jesus had, two things that Jesus did for us. First, foremost, and always, he was a sacrifice for our sin. Uh, Now, some years ago, uh, about 25 years ago now, it's hard to believe it was that long ago, uh, there was a fad that went around with the WWJD bracelet, the What Would Jesus Do bracelet. And the question, What Would Jesus Do?, it actually stems from um, a book that was heavily influenced by the social gospel. Uh, it had its issues because Jesus was not primarily to be a role model for us. However, there is a sense certainly in which he was to do that. The most important question for the Christian is not so much what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus do? What has Jesus done? And that is, he has accomplished our salvation. At the same time, though, he perfectly kept the law. And so we should be striving for holiness, and we should be seeking to follow his example. Uh, not making him primarily a role model, as the WWJD fad did, but we should be seeking to follow his example of living a holy and righteous life, keeping the law. We ask that God would give us grace so that we could always most thankfully receive that his inestimable benefit, that we could receive both of those things that he did for us, both that we should have receive him in both of those roles, day and daily endeavor ourselves to follow in his steps, living holy lives, so that we should receive what he, he did for us, that we should believe in what he did for us, and likewise so that we should, having thus believed, live lives that are transformed uh, to his glory. And, and are marked by holiness. And of course, we pray this through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. The epistle appointed for today is found in First St. Peter, the second chapter, beginning at the 19th verse. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when, you are, if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For when you were, were straying like sheep, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Well, today is sometimes known as Good Shepherd Sunday, uh, and that is because of the lessons that are appointed. Here, uh, in this epistle, in the epistle for today, St. Peter mentions, or he talks about, how it is a gracious thing when mindful of God we endure sorrows while suffering justly. Now, he makes note that it is of no credit to us if we uh, are punished uh, and are beaten and endure uh, because we have sinned. If we're justly, if we're punished because of of transgressions we have committed against the law, then that is not that suffering doesn't glorify God. But if we uh, suffer because we have been unjustly charged, perhaps by unjust laws, then that is a gracious thing in the sight of God. We have the opportunity to share in Christ's suffering. And we should not terribly be surprised when things like that happen, as they have happened throughout much of church history. And in fact, as they are happening even today in parts of the world. Now, I am speaking from South Carolina, the United States of America. Uh, we don't know much of persecution at this time. There may come a time when we do. But there are certainly Christians who have experienced and are experiencing that around the world. And Peter St. Peter says here, it is to that we have been called, leaving and leaving us an example. When we do so, we can follow in his steps. And he notes that Christ committed no sin. He is the only person who has ever lived a sinless life. And deceit was not found in his mouth. But when he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He continued trusting God despite all of those trials and tribulations and indeed he himself bore his sins in our sins rather in his body on the tree because of that we might die to sin and live to righteousness we are healed by his wounds we are forgiven by what he suffered on the cross and again this analogy of of sheep we were straying like sheep but we've now returned to the bishop and overseer of our souls, excuse me, the shepherd and overseer of our souls. The, the King James interestingly uses the term bishop of our souls. The image of sheep who have gone astray. And when sheep go astray, the shepherd has to gather them back in. And that is what has happened uh, to us. And that is what has happened for us through Jesus Christ. And for that, we may say, thanks be to God. The gospel appointed for today is found in the 10th chapter of, of the gospel according to St. John, beginning at the 11th verse. Here beginneth the 11th verse of the 10th chapter, the gospel according to St. John. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and 
leaves the sheep, and the wolf comes and snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to me. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus is here speaking to his people. He uses the uh, example, the analogy of the sheep. Earlier he has said, just before this passage, he has said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But in contrast to that, Christ came that we may have life, that those who follow him may have life and have it abundantly. And then the beginning of this passage where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He cares for his sheep so much that he will lay down his life for them. Now, a hired hand, one who's only concerned with the money, the money, excuse me, the money, the monetary, the monetary reward, I was trying to say, a hired hand will flee when danger comes. He is not that invested in the sheep. And when that happens, the wolf comes and he flees, and then the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He can do, a wolf can do great harm within a herd of sheep. He flees because he has a hired hand. He doesn't care for the sheep. He cares for the monetary reward. However, in contrast to that, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He knows his own and his own know him. Without him knowing us, without him calling us, without him breaking our hearts of stone and, and giving us hearts of flesh, without us being drawn to Christ, we cannot know him and we will not know him and he notes that he knows his sheep he knows us just as the father knows him and he knows the father because of what Christ did on the cross we have been adopted into the family of God, and we have a new relationship with the Father, an intimate relationship just as intimate as Jesus is with, with his Father, the two, two of the three persons of the Trinity. And he notes that he lays down his life for the sheep, and, and here, when he is speaking, he soon will be called upon to do that. And then he notes that he has other sheep that are not of this fold, and that he must bring them also, that they will listen to his voice. Well, he was speaking to a primarily Jewish audience. So who were this, these other sheep who were not of this fold? Well, they were the Goyim, the Gentiles, the nations. I, at least as far as my... Uh, as, at least as far as I've been able to determine, I have no Jewish blood in me. If I do, it goes back very, 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 very far. Uh, most of you hearing this are not Jewish, I surmise. Or I would be willing to uh, venture to say. But we may rejoice in this because Jesus said, 
he had other sheep who were not of this fold. In the new cut the new covenant, the promises of God are expanded to all who would believe, and indeed it transcends Israel. And we are told that when that happens, there will be one flock and one shepherd. Because regardless of whether one is is Jewish of the covenant people, old, the old covenant people of God, or if one is a Gentile, when one believes, one is adopted into the family of God, and one joins God's family, one joins the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. My hope and prayer for you today is that you are one of the sheep that you have since that call, that you have responded to that call, and that you have believed on Jesus. If you have not, I urge you to do so this day, for the blessings are wonderful indeed. Thank you, and God bless you.